0: Welcome back to the third part of NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, Neil Mitchell, and Steve Hastie. And I've had a message asking why we've got pictures of Neil and Steve on there. And is that Steve Hastie in the background? No, that's Steve Hastie in the background. There he is we didn't miss him out we didn't have time to knock one up with the on unfortunately but I suppose that could be Ian Murns in the background there right. um, somebody,
1: somebody asked on Twitter if that was Noddy Holder in the background that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, only at Christmas, only a Christmas.
0: exactly but uh, yeah big thanks to Jabs uh, John Owen he's, uh, he's been fantastic over this lockdown period he's working but he knocks up all the, uh, all the flyers for us uh, free of charge which is absolutely fantastic just to advertise it so big shout out to him thank you very much mate uh, love you a lots um, uh, Alan Hall says uh, hi lads any chance the deal that you were working on with the Dubai group could still happen if the Saudi bid fails now we did do something last week about BZG we had a BZG sh- uh, exclusive show last week where you lads opened, opened the doors but I mean you know, I, I think we cleared it last week there's no chance Neil is there of, of going back to that if, uh, if this, deal, uh, this deal failed
2: at this moment in time I wouldn't envisage that um i think i, d- I don't know what <clears throat> effect COVID's had on the portfolio um but i know everybody over here has been touched by it in some way shape or form um i think the, the appetite would always be there from midhat I, I reckon we could rev midhat up. no bother to get excited about it i think that would be probably the easiest thing in, in, of the whole thing to do uh the question is how excited could we get in, 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 about it um and i think There'd be possibilities, but at this moment in time, no. I think we would be, be down the line before that. We'd come into that, thoughts again.
1: Yeah, sadly,
0: Steve. You know, same question to you. It, it, it's more or less dead in the water, that isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we said last week. You know, once once the the, the, the once PIF came in, uh, you know, that was sort of all bets were off um, as far as the conversations that we had, we, because they were quite surprised. Um, and as Neil says, with, with Covid and with portfolios and you know the, the, the cautious nature, um, I I've, I've very much doubt. Um, and, and there's no need, from my point of view, there would be no need for it because I'm still 100% confident that, uh, that this deal we've got uh, on the cards is going to go through sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, me too, me, me too.
1: Albert Mooney says, this takeover delay is affecting my
0: mental health insanity is taking over so much that I was convinced I saw Joe in control <coughs> and passed the ball the other night the lads with the white coats are at my door uh, syntax error Ian he says I, I saw rafa in front of a taxi going over the bike bridge yesterday so that's uh, a possible indication of who the new manager is going to be I
1: hope I hope he meant going over it as in drive not going over the edge <laughs>
0: uh, me and Joe- so he's sitting waiting
2: for the takeover as well <laughs>
0: Name Jogan says, Does the delay mean there is more chance of getting approval or chance of rejection? Surely, if they were going to reject the takeover, you would have heard by now. I mean, that is the kind of feeling that we all have, isn't it, Neil? It, yeah. the, the delay isn't a bad thing. It's getting all your ducks in a row, which is the, what Arthur Mooney says. Just making sure they have all their ducks in a row because there will be a negative reaction born out mainly of jealousy.
2: They've, they've had umpteen opportunities to say no. And once they find a no, it's a no. They don't need to continue doing anything. Once that no is found, alas, it's a waste of everybody's time to do anything else. Yeah. So, you know, the longer it goes on, the, 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 the longer they're in a no. And, and my opinion is it's, 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 like I said earlier, I think it's way past that point anyway. Now. Yeah. Uh, I think we're in, a, we're in a negotiation rather than an owners and directness test.
0: And like Ian said, Steve, you know, really, this isn't, this isn't anything to do with politics. So the fact that the MPs are queuing up to sign bits of paper and, you know, kick off about it, it's, it's literally just a bit of, you know, political gesturing to, to get yourself, you know, in the spotlight and get yourself recognised as, uh, you know, somebody, you know, off the back of this huge story which has developed over the pandemic.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, you just look at the names that cropped up, the the MPs that stuck their head above the parapet and and started muttering on. You know, people that we'd never heard of, people we didn't even know were MPs. You know, uh, we're not getting the we're not getting the the heavy hitters coming in, uh, shouting them out. Off. We're not getting cabinet members. We're not getting members of the of the the Labour Party opposition who you know are front line spokesmen or anything like that. We're getting incidental people who we had no idea even. Even had a had a position uh, as an MP, and you know that's that's the the whole top and bottom. And as Neil says, you know a no is a no, and if there was something that had popped up six weeks ago that was a no, it would still be, um, and they would have said there then there and then. This is this is this is Richard Masters, like Neil said all along, actually for for the last what six weeks at least. Uh, this is Richard Masters uh, just making sure. That uh, he comes out of this with something that's not just for the Premier League, as in a new a new owner, a new Newcastle United owner, but something for the other 19 clubs in the Premier League, um, sorted out piracy, um, sorted out this, sorted out that, uh, sorted out the fact that Mina is no longer uh, one group. We've now we've now potentially got four or five different Minas because. It's encouraged the Asian Football League to do exactly that, break Mina up under their contract. And if Mina can be broken up into into different sections and it gets you more money, um, or potentially more money, then you know that's something that we're we are looking at now and, and we can move into um lots and lots of, of of little business idiosyncrasies that he's now he's identified when he's come in that perhaps he's thought, well, if we can change this and change that, that that's better than the deal that we had under the previous um, person running the, running the league um, and I, I've made a name for myself and there's something on the shelf there with my name on the, t- on the front of that portfolio to show how well I've done and I've done it in nine months not in nine years
0: Yeah. Robert Guy says uh, what would you like the plan for our club to be over the next few years under the new owners and how long before we can realistically expect to be competing in Europe, have a good one lads thanks Robert, um, Neil plan for
2: the future i would like to see we need to have two strands to it um we need to build a platform and then spring from the platform it needs to be evolution not necessarily revolution there's a lot of infrastructure things we need to sort out we need to sort the academy and the training ground and all of that mm-hmm. to make it a more appealing place for people to want to come um because that then in itself will make us more competitive um we need strategic signings and clever signings, not just big money chucked around for the sake of it, um, in my opinion. And then that can lead to two things. One, it'll lead to organic growth, and two, it gives you a squad that, again, big NMs will want to join down the line. Um, it'll take four to five years at least, and we're gonna, we're gonna make mistakes along the way, and we've gotta be patient with that. Um, but I think anything that's done is done with the right intent, and as long as we see that it's being done with the right intent, and the hearts in the right place, we'll follow it and we'll bag it to the, the hill. It cannot be much worse than the thirteen years of strangulation and stagnation and the ghost ship that Mike Ashley currently runs.
1: Yeah, Steve, same, same to you. What would you like to see? Um, very similar to Mitch, um, a similar sort of approach. I'd also like to see when owners come in that they're reaching out to the community, um, that they're, they're, they're building they're building as part of that platform, that football platform and that business platform they're building a community platform.'d um, like I, I know that the club does an awful lot of good work with the foundation. Um, I know that the foundation's there as a, as, a, as a springboard for them. But I'd like to see that springboard um, not necessarily to be wrapped up entirely in the foundation, but have lots and lots of tentacles that are out there that support lots and lots of groups um, in, in many different ways uh, for the positive. Um, and I think that's also where you need, uh, you need to have a, um, a face to the football club. I think you need to have someone who's out there as a, as a CEO, as a chief executive, that becomes recognised and becomes known. Um, and who promotes the football club in that way, um, and I think we need to see ambassadors um, brought back to Newcastle United um, and I think that there's a place for, for ambassadors, ex-players, people who have been linked to the club in the past, who can do an awful lot of good both within the community, um, on, in Tyneside um, mm-hmm. and in the wider world. Um, names that people would recognise uh, and names that would immediately conjure up an image of what UCass United is really, really about. Um, obviously, the, the, the first example that comes to my mind is Kevin Keegan because we know that the, chariz- the, the charismatic, and um, anyone who's ever been to an event with Kevin Keegan or was around when Keegan played or was around when, he's, when he was manager. Um, and for any of the young ones you know uh, out there who perhaps didn't experience it, it would be a marvellous, marvellous experience for them to be um, in supporting a football club with Kevin Keegan back involved in some way, shape or form, or somewhere of his ilk. He, he for me, epitomises what an ambassador um, would be. Um, he epitomises everything to do with Newcastle United um, in terms of getting it, um, and the. I don't think people realise how big Kevin Keegan was as a footballer, and how big Kevin Keegan's name was in world football. Mm. Um, and in the same way as other clubs, and you look at the German clubs and the way that they've modelled themselves and the way they bring in um, ex players um, in executive roles, even because they've, they've educated mm. themselves. The Dutch do it as well. Um, I think that there's the scope for for having um, both ambassadors and executives in Newcastle United if the people who are linked with a football club, who have that intelligence up there.
0: Yeah, great answer. Column uh, Wilson Tooney on Twitter says, uh, Hi lads, 10 MPs protest against takeover. will this have any effect? Can we expect an announcement? End of the season, the 26th, and time for the transfer window on the 27th of July. And last question... WTF is going on Great show Thanks Steve We've answered all your questions
1: If you watch uh, Part 1 and Part 2 yeah. all, uh, I'd about the, all I'd say about the 27th Steve is I hope it's not the 27th Yeah My wife will go Absolutely scarty If I if, Even during Covid I ruin our wedding anniversary <laughs> I might be on the 26th So I don't want it to be on the 26th
2: right.
1: so, uh, yeah it's so a... That's that weekend taken out. We'll take yeah. that out. We're We're going. Shall we start throwing out the twenty fifth then? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mighty Mag says, "When's it happening, lads? And how's the competence levels? I think you'll gather we're all still very, very competent. That this is going to happen." Rubber says it's dwindling by the day for him. Uh, next question Wilf McFarlane says, I can't believe this hold up has anything to do with the normal owners and down test. It's sickening to think normal people could lose their jobs while the Premier League work out how to make as much money from this takeover as possible. It's a good point, isn't it? Really, I mean, you know, we have got people's jobs on the line now at St. James's Park, uh, Mitch, and uh, you know, it it, it does appear. That you know, we 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 are great believers that this is going to go through, when you, you you do feel that this is just you know Richard Keys getting all of his ducks in a row so he can come out of the hero, and you know the Premier League will make a lot of money from this potential takeover.
2: Richard Masters made. Richard Keyes is the one with the gorilla gloves.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually just reading the next point by Graham Harrison, where he's <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for that. You're correcting this. Yeah, but but but
2: yeah he's yeah, going
0: yeah. to come out of the hero, isn't he?
2: Yeah, right. And, 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 you know, we've touched on this a few times over the last few weeks. There's, there's so, so much more than the normal owners and directors test going on now. Um, and I think what is genuinely now being ignored, and again, we've talked about this today, is the effect on the fan base and on the city and on the community. People whose jobs revolve around the club and are in some ways connected to the club and its normal business. And because the club isn't functioning normally, and because there's doubt about who will be in charge for next season and what effect that may or may not have on some of these companies and how money is and is not spent, um, all of that uncertainty does lead to people worried about their jobs. At a time when we've had all this COVID going on and all the concerns of lockdown, I mean, we've had a hard lockdown for a long period of time over here in the UAE, and it's really what We're still slowly getting back to normal. You still can't get into Abu Dhabi without a, without a COVID test. They've got their border shut still. You've got to, you've got, to you've got to do a quick test on the border, which takes an hour and a half, or have a negative test within the previous 48 hours. So Abu Dhabi has still got their, their borders locked down. We've got all of this kind of pressure on globally, um, and there's people who've been furloughed or who've been on reduced salaries. Um, I see the effect over here on, on, on salaries and on positions. It's, um, it's, it's an additional pressure and concern brought about by the fact that this has now dragged on and become something much more than an owner. And it's starting to become a bit of a disgrace and it's starting to reflect badly on the Premier League now. They've got to got to actually make a decision. Whether they've made that decision to do it after the end of the season. I remember reading a newspaper report that the, the police were concerned about the Cannes hashtag, apparently. Well, yeah, Um, That's just ridiculous. Um, because no matter what happens, people are going to want to see the back of my actually off properly. Yeah. Um, and so we've got to, uh, you know, it, it's time that that decision was taken because of the pressure on so many different ways and on so many different people.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. Rob Turnbull says the likely lads uh, look like younger versions of Alan Bleasdale, Alan Robson, and Mike Neville. Um, (laughs) I'm presuming you must be Mike Neville, Neil.
2: Aye, looks like it, I presume, yes.
0: Maybe Uh, Alan Robson. In the middle. Yeah, and i look like a, a young Alan Bleasdale. So thanks for thanks for that, Rob. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what, what we'll make of that, but uh, I, I'm quite
2: impressed that he's done a good job of making you look even more camp than you did on the ACDC picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Albert Mooney was a little less polite. He just says, "Great image of you, Steve." Poor Mitch looks like a pedo, and who's Steve? <laughs> <laughs> And this is the one that Steve mentioned earlier. He says, he looks like the poor man's Noddy Holder. Uh, so it's Christmas! <laughs> uh, yeah, but as Steve well, quite rightly pointed out with a gif, it isn't Christmas until Noddy says it is. Um, Andy yeah. Fraser says, what's your take on Gorilla Globes? To those of you who don't know who that is, of course, it's Richard Keyes, not Richard Masters. Um, he said, what's your take on Gorilla Globes? Gorilla Gloves' follow-up tweet this morning—is he deliberately winding us up or what, man? Yeah, I mean,
1: Stevie is, isn't he? He—he he, he just plays. For, he plays for clicks, doesn't he? It, it must be, but I have no idea what he said because I'm—I'm one of those people who he's blocked, so I don't even know what he's come out with. And are you blocked, Mitch? I'm not blocked. Surpr-
3: surprisingly,
0: I'm not, I'm not either. either. Yeah. Uh, I will get. I'm. In fact, I will bring it up as we speak, just to just to read it to you because it was another cryptic thing. Uh, yeah, here we go. It was um, 12 hours ago now. Events this week are the most likely reason why we shouldn't now expect an announcement today on the Saudi government's bid to buy Newcastle. Join the dots yourself. So, Steve, what do you make of that?
1: Right, He's obviously relating to the fact that uh, the the Saudis ban of and fine that they imposed on BN Sports, isn't he? That's what he's now getting at. He's now saying that you know, BN Sports are upset, so Qatar are upset, so the, so the all bets are off. Well, it's got nothing to do with, with Qatar, it's got nothing to do with BN Sports. This is a, as we've said all along, this is a business deal, uh, between Saudi Arabia, um, the PIF, uh, PCP, and the Rubin Brothers, to buy Newcastle United. You know, that's the, that's what it, that's what this, this whole deal and structure is about. And, Keyes is just has just now thrown sort of more flack at something just because he feels as though he's been caught out and he said it was gonna happen and now uh, obviously he was just kite flying as usual and and now he's backtracking. Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. He is just trying to make a name for himself off the back of this, but obviously he has got the connection with BN, hasn't he, uh Neil?
2: Absolutely. Look, if you want to measure the man, look at his, his blog this week about his so-called friend, Clive Tilsey. I think that was a shocking piece of writing about mm-hmm. somebody who was supposed to be your mate, you know. Um, and that's just a measure of him. I, I don't know what his intentions are when he comes out with stuff like that. We know he, he garners a hundredfold more interactions when he talks about Newcastle United than he does on, on anything else because we are now primed to bite. That's why so many people are blocked by <laughs> Um How I've never managed to do it, I don't know, but I, uh, that might change over the next 48 hours, I guess. Um, so, yeah, he it, it certainly has been working on behalf of his employer. There's no doubt about that. So whether it's, this is part of disinformation, misinformation, smoking mirrors, um, the last burning embers, you know, timed with the, a group of MPs writing another letter because the, most of them have got Qatar interests in one shape form or another. You know, whether there's there's a degree of coordination there. Who knows? Um, but one thing's for sure is is so many people seem keen to distance themselves from them, yeah. day by day. Even if you look on the on the on the screen on the coverage when he's with Andy Gray, when he goes off on on a tangent about something like Newcastle United, just look at Gray's body language. His body, he could, he, he wants to disappear backwards at two hundred miles an hour. The arms are folded, and it's it's like, more, you know, here we go. Um, very interesting. Um, so, it it's he's in an he he also is probably acutely aware that that the cushy number he's got at the while being, well, being are, are losing jobs, losing money, they're losing rights to sports around the region. They've lost the F1, they're gonna lose the MotoGP next year. They're the only game in town anymore. Um, and so if the football coverage comes under threat, he's under threat, personally. So there's his motivation.
1: I think another aspect is Neil is, is the fact that uh, the when your castle games are now on, uh, they seem to drop them from yeah. from the from the coverage, don't they? I mean we had we had yeah. of old people Andy Kerr and uh, know. you know L- 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 I must
2: feel for I feel for because yeah. the position he must be in with this must be very, very awkward. You know, as, as a big Newcastle fan, um he'd want to get excited about it, but his employers are being sports We're, walking a tight rope there.
1: Yeah, but also the fact that his employers are willing to pull keys from a Newcastle fixture must mean something, you know. Either Keys vote, has, either Keys has the has the ability to to decide what he does and doesn't do, or somebody in the production team or in the executive has the has the to go. You know what? I don't want him talking, and I don't want him slagging off Newcastle United, Newcastle fans, um. When we are going to have 90 minutes of coverage of Newcastle United game, because it it yeah. becomes a sideshow, and you create, you'll turn that game, uh, and that fixture, and that coverage into a sideshow if we let them loose on Newcastle United, uh, while you know fans across the region who are Newcastle supporters are watching that game.
0: Yeah, great points, lads. Really good points. Uh, we're coming up to the last uh, 10 minutes. or so. George McVeigh says, uh, "Do you think it's time for the young lads to have a kickabout now?" Uh, there might be a diamond in there. And I mentioned this with um, you know Malcolm, I think, the other night and talked about it to a couple of the other guests this week. You know, Lee Clark yesterday. Uh, you can catch all of that on the YouTube channel if you uh, just scroll down in the videos. Um, is it time to give the youngsters a run out? Because, I mean, he might not have any choice with the injury list we've got. But, you know, we've only got two games left, Brighton and then Liverpool.
1: Uh, would you like to see some of the young talent given a run out? I think we're going to have to. Yeah. Aren't we? <laughs> I, mean, I think, you know, Caelan Watts uh, is probably the only the only other recognised centre back we have. And if he can't play better than um, Emil Kraft as a centre back, then, you know, the lad probably doesn't have a future at the football club, to be perfectly honest. Um, there's, there's, there's others that have been hovering around that squad, um, you know, during the cup runs and then... Uh, of late where he's brought players in. And we keep getting these names mentioned in the Chronicle. We keep seeing the names of certain uh, players that have been drafted in from the under-23s and from the youth squad uh, to train with the team. And if they're going to be training with the team and they get into fla- a flavour of what the of what the the first team's all about and there's nothing else to play for, then why not give them a run out? I'm amazed that, I'm amazed that, that, that Bruce isn't, to be perfectly honest, um, unless that, that says something about Bruce and his position, or his his feelings towards where he's sitting, uh, and he doesn't want to run the risk of, of a, a humiliation. I don't know. Um, you would you would like to think that that in every season that we've played, that youngsters have had an opportunity to come on um, and and at least have a run out. And Rafa Rafa played youngsters. Uh, you know, he brought brought players on. You go back, Pardew did, you know, Pardew brought youngsters through. We saw, we saw plenty, plenty of youngsters who so, you know, it was felt as though well they had the opportunity. Um, so Bobby Robson was a master of it, wasn't he? You know, bringing, bringing young players in, giving them an opportunity, working with the squad and actually sitting on the bench and bringing them on. Um, so the, if, if there's no better time than this, then I don't know when there is, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah, no, I think,
2: Neil, do you agree? I mean, it... But yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit with Malcolm post-match the other day. And my only concern is putting a kid in and, and, and leaving him unprotected. Yeah. So if you, you stick a young lad in, say against Liverpool, and he has an absolute mare, gets skinned by Salah, and he ends up on the back end of a six and note, that's not really helpful to him, uh, personally. Does that really help his development? I'm not convinced it does. Um, but we might not have a choice. We may have no choice but to chuck somebody in at the deep end and see if they swim. And in some respects, they're two dead rubbers. They don't really matter that much. Um, so if, if if something like that, like that was to happen, at least you know, generally the consensus would be uh, well, it didn't really matter anyway, and so yeah, so was, you might get like a weird
1: one. When he came on and when David Edgar made his debut against Man United, he didn't only right. just have a brilliant game, but he scored an absolutely amazing right. goal as well, you know. And, and and it's opportunities like that, and it happened with Matty, you know, he got the opportunity and he took it in a big game, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it happened with Sean. You know, he got the opportunity and he took it and now they're hovering around and there's no reason why those other players couldn't, couldn't uh, be equally as successful. Um, it's some, given something the over but They've got to be given the opportunity, that's the thing.
2: Yeah. It's something over time that's frustrated me, seeing other clubs seemingly able to chuck an 18-year-old into the mix and he turns out to be a decent player. Um, and that we never really seem to do that. We never seem to be able to bring that through. So it would be nice to see somebody come through. I'd love to see Ludwig Franselet involved, just simply because he's got the most fantastic name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> last question, lads, before we finish off, Steve, what do you want to see from these last two games from the from the team as a whole and from Steve Bruce?
1: Um, I want to see more heart. I, I mean, we've more of, of what we saw in midweek. I thought, you know, I thought at times we played the ball around really well. I think what what we lacked was a little bit of organisation. I think we I think we struggled. Um, and that that, that phasing of the game, um, and I, I, I just want the players to go out and feel confident, um, and to you know we we know that there's, there's quality in that squad, you know we know that these are decent players, these are professionals, and you know I don't want to see a performance like we had at Watford. I want to see more on on Monday of a performance like we had against Tottenham, where at least they tried and there was effort being put in, um, and they looked as though they were working as a team. You yeah. know, I thought at Watford they looked like eleven players, and it looked like yeah. sometimes they looked like nine players. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, I want to see, I want to see a performance out of all eleven. I want to see them working as a team, and I want to see talking on the pitch, and I want to see encouragement, um, and all of that. Um, and I'd love to see Julian gold If I'm perfectly honest, you know, I'd love to see, a, I'd love to see a performance from the lad. You know, that would be, that would be. You know, it would be great towards the end of the season to see a performance from him um, right. and, and to give the likes of Josh and the other lads who are firmly behind him um, a boost because, you know, we don't need a boost but Joe Linton needs a boost and, and maybe those lads need a boost as well. I Doug agrees. And uh, I. agrees, yeah. The Postman doesn't because I think he's trying to have a go at him now.
0: <laughs> same, one, same question to you, Neil. What do you want to say out these last two games?
2: I think Steve summed it up nicely with won a bit of heart. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I would like to see we go to Brighton and have a go because there's no reason why we can't no matter which 11 he starts if, if play after play against Brighton there's no reason why we shouldn't have the, the joie de vivre the, the ability to just go and, and play yeah. let's have a go let's look like a team let's look like we give the monkeys um, and I would like to see we not absolutely have our backside handed us. I would actually like to see we give them a game, um, and and not just surrender, uh, and and not just just be a walking goal, because we've got the potential to be that. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, play without fear, just do it. Play like it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. me, and, and you never know what you might actually be able to pull off, but. It's it, 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 they should be getting the message through to them. Look, relax, just play a game. Mm. But they don't look like they can relax. They just um, and and d- defensively against Tottenham, this, the switching off was disastrous. Yeah, you know. So I don't don't want to see any of that. I just want to see we have a have a bloody good goal. Two last two games of the season. Let's have a charge.
0: One more point before the clock beats us. The, uh, the announcement potentially that we could see fans back in at the start of next season, um, albeit maybe 40% capacity. Steve, how on earth are Newcastle United going to sort that one look that. Um, you know, 52,000 supporters, uh, 40,000 season ticket holders.
1: How on earth and where on earth do you start with something like that? I have no idea. I have no idea how you could do it. I've I've thought about this all week actually since since somebody mentioned it and I thought well hang on this isn't this isn't a club that with with uh, with an empty ground you know this is a club with with 35 40,000 season ticket holders you know um and how do you decide how do, how do where do you sit how do you lay it out um how do you socially distance uh, do you have the do you have the accommodation inside um available um are you providing catering facilities what happens with the toilets? All of those questions that are that are being asked in shopping centres and, and such places, how that impacts on a football ground, and then where you actually sit while social distancing, and how you decide. I mean, do, do you do you see season ticket holders as um, you're entitled to every other game? Uh, do you give season? What happens with season ticket holders when you're with a when you're with a family member, so you can't sit actually sit together? Uh, all sorts of, you know, it. it it brings a whole different dimension into it and, and, and asks more questions and answers, mm. uh, to be perfectly honest. And I'm, I'm struggling. I'm just going to stop you there, lads. I, we've got a late edition. Chris, uh, who's
0: a regular viewer of the show, just wanted to come on and, and, and give us a quick a, a quick point error or make a quick point. So we're giving him access. How are you doing, Chris? You okay, mate? We've only got a couple of minutes I'm,
3: left, so we'll have to be quick. I'm great. Thanks, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick. Okay uh obviously we've we've uh waited this long and uh you know every, everyone's dying for a decision uh i think it will come uh, after the close of the season um and i think that you know if i was going to add to my earlier question and if if i had a word with uh you know if i had a chance to to, to appear before the committee and and make the case for newcastle uh, takeover. I, I would just say, you know, be consistent. You know, you you have to have seen how Mike Ashley has mis- has has abused and mis mistreated this club, and for anyone to think that he's a fit and proper owner after 13 years of of of, of this rubbish, then uh, you know, I think that they just need to be able to sh- sh- show that they that there's like a duty of care and that you need someone to take this club forward and yes the the saudis are not perfect like there's so many owners you know in the premier league that are not perfect and we just have to have um you know someone with ambition with with uh who, who doesn't care just about the bottom line or promoting is you know sports direct we we want somebody who's going to care about the community the club the fans the supporters and I think that that this bed between this between Amanda Staveley and the Rubens and the Saudis is the total package and you know it, it can't just be a cabal at the top of the you know top six clubs dominated by the south obviously Manchester City and Liverpool are, are not in the south but you know are sort of Treated as as sort of honorary London clubs with their sort of global branding, and Newcastle was you know once a global brand, uh, you know, with entertainers and Shearer and Keegan and everyone uh, and and uh, and Sir Bobby. We we can get we ba- can get back to that, um, and we just don't want to have a, a hold held back and to be our hands tied behind our behind our back and. And to, to, to go into every season saying that 17th is, is, is good enough. I mean, we, I'm not saying we deserve more, but it just seems like the, that the, the Premier League, obviously it's gone geopolitics and they, you would have thought that they would have known and sorted this piracy issue before even starting the owners and directors test. But I think that, you know, enough is enough. Uh, they've got the decision. I don't think it's being held back but I, I think that they have enough to, to make the decision. Chris,
0: great yeah. great points. Well, mate, hate to cut you off, mate, but um, obviously we're running out of time. But listen, Chris, thanks very great much points. for joining us again, mate. Thanks, Chris. Some great, Thank you. Some great points. Well done, Chris. Cheers, mate. Um, Cheers. Obviously, great points again. Nice to have yeah. Chris back on. It's, it's great to have viewers you know, wanting to chip in. Um, I can't really disagree with him, Mitch. No.
2: You know, you, you summarized pretty much what we've said in parts of part two and in through part three as well.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: and, and you can't disagree with that at all.
0: No, definitely not. Okay, guys, listen, time has beaten us again. Been an absolutely great show. Apologies to all of you watching who like to just watch it all the way through, but we've had to make it into three parts because we've had to do it on Zoom today and pre recorded But uh, we will be back, uh, back on StreamYard and doing it live next Friday. But uh, for now, uh, me, Steve, and Neil just want to say thank you for watching. Please subscribe, give it a like, give it a share and we'll see you next week. Thank you for the
2: support guys. Take Take care. care.